This is a special edition of the Behind the You podcast. Danny Ramirez, Hollywood actor slash celebrity. Can I go A-list? Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go too far. I wouldn't. For still, me. For oh, us. Oh, for, okay, I mean, no, we should still hold the same standard, you know? Like, I'll All get right. there. I'll get there. All right. When you get there, you're coming back. Oh, absolutely. All right. There'll be, uh, hopefully, uh, there'll be competing doing the Rock Johnson locker room. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put your name on something, right? Yeah, maybe. Who's to say? We'll, Just we'll remember, be... when you, the bigger you get, the more ass that come with it. Exactly. We, do, we are building a huge facility on campus, so you might want to lay claim to, to yeah. something inside of that. Let me, let me get the blueprint, and I'll start trying to figure out what I can afford. Right? All right. Well, <laughs> Danny Ramirez is here. He's a Miami guy. He's a huge Canes fan. You, I'm sure you've seen him in Top Gun Maverick. Look both ways on Netflix, and you're in town. Why? Well, you're a Miami guy, so you could be yeah. here anyways, but you're here training for your next film, right? Yeah, I'm training for my next film, Captain America, New World Order. I can't say much about the role other than it's going to be really exciting. And if you guys watched The Falcon and Winter Soldier on Disney+, Plus, you guys could maybe guess. But, uh, yeah, just here training, I figured it's, uh, there's no better weather to train than Miami. So Good call. So what, when yeah. we talk about so there was training for, for Top Gun. Mm-hmm. There's, what, when we talk, we're talking about actual like, getting in shape training. This is a, is, is a mix of getting in shape training, of developing skill sets required, of... Yeah, and, and just a little bit of, like, there, there's some freedom that they're giving me within, like, what I want to bring to a character. And so I'm hitting up different coaches that specialize in different things. I don't want to give too much away, but uh, different, gotcha. different skill sets that, yeah, just building the right physique for it. Okay. So, yeah. Now, one of the things you're doing, now, today, I don't know if this is for the role or not, but you are going to work out with Aaron Feld. Yeah, I'm excited about that. That's man. just for your, that's I'm just excited. for fun, right? I was so close to cutting off my mustache. <laughs> I was this close to cutting it off, and I was like, no, today of all days... With the mustache god, there's no way I'm cutting it. Yeah, but by yeah. the way, you you got to prepare yourself for it. It's nothing like what you or I have. Oh, oh no, no way. I, I I haven't even seen that type of mustache in a while in the room. Yeah. So I might like it might take a moment to register. Now, do you have a regimen planned for this or whatever he's got in store? Oh, for I basically I told him I'm just like for him to kick my ass. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just down. If you guys get footage of me puking in the corner, I'm game for that. You know, I'm for in Top Gun. I I, I learned the act of uh, puke and rally. I heard. Yeah, it was, um, but in college, I wasn't able to rally. I was, ne- oh, I was right. never a rallier. <laughs> if I yacked, I would call it a night. You know, I'd get myself some water, maybe some soup or something I could keep down, watch some TV. But then for Top Gun, we had two-hour windows to get the, the scenes we had to get. And so no matter what we're doing, we're pulling 7Gs and 6Gs and dropping and then doing a popover. And at that point, you realize, like, oh, this is very important to the, the film. Um, if I don't get it, I'm not going to make the cut. And so, essentially, we leveled off, and then I'd like be like, "Oh, give me five minutes, I'll clear myself up," and then um, having to rally in order to be able to help the movie become what it is. So, getting ready for this, right? Yeah. I, I read you get you had like two hour increments, mm-hmm. and it was like, "Don't mess it up," because then we got to do it again, or we lose the shot. But literally, there was puking while we oh, were filming. Yeah, I mean, so essentially, the way that the training was structured in order to get our bodies used to it, was we started off in a Cessna, which is a small single propeller plane. We did six or seven hours just to get used to, like, what it is to, like, sway in the air, to, like, have control of the aircraft, to land it, to take off. And then we went to the XR-300, which is essentially this tip of the table to the other tip. It's a small, it feels like a small little go-kart with wings. Right. But because it's so small, a lot more agile. It's, it's the Devin Hesters of planes. <laughs> it's the Devin Hester of planes. Now we know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's able to just cut on a dime. Right. And just like, it, it's able to pull up to, I think, 9 Gs because it's able to pick up more speed and then turn. And so we were able to build up from 
1G to up until 8, 8.5 through the course of three months. And then once we were able to do that consistently, so we did like 15 HG pops in a row. So we'd climb up and then just plummet and then pull back on the stick hard enough to register HGs. When you say we, like you or the fighter oh, me, me. At this point, it was Chuck Coleman, who's a phenomenal instructor. It's a two-seater dual controls. And so after a while that we got used to it, we'd be able to take off and land it. And then in the air, depending if we had to do, like, obviously, like, if we had to do a flat spin, he'd be able to do that. <laughs> or if we had to do a stall, he'd do that. But in regards to, like, pulling the yoke around, it was, he basically was like, all, all yours. And so when we were doing the HE pops, he obviously has his hand just, like, nearby just in case, but we'd just plummet and then yank back as hard as we could. And then just, like, your entire, like, face just melts down. And then you just see a register eight. And um, I did 15. Glenn, who played Hangman, did around like 30. And this all happened in 30 Gs? 30, 30 AG pulls. So 30 individual AG pulls. I gotcha. And then at the end, Monica was like, oh, we'll have the guys done. She did 50. Phoenix. Phoenix. Phoenix Badass. did 50. And it was one of those things that I'm like, all right, had I known it was a competition. Right, we would have kept going. We, maybe so I what does your face going. feel like in that moment? Um, well, your vision just like tunnels out. And so you're trying to essentially do the hick maneuver in order, not the heck maneuver, but uh, in order to like squeeze blood back up to your brain. And so it's your tunnel. It's like creating a tunnel vision. And it's all like darkening. And just your face feels like it's being yanked by, it's like, I weigh 150, so uh, what's eight times 150? Is that a thousand? It's a lot. I think it's, it's just over a thousand. No, it's a thousand two hundred. Yeah. So I weigh a thousand two hundred. I think in that moment, somebody check my math. That might be absolutely wrong. That's right. It's a podcast. But, it's, yeah. not, it's, it's not. It's not a tutorial. Fair enough. I did drop out of like engineering school, so that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> well, your brain should work pretty good then. If That's you're fair. an engin- engineer, is different kind of smart. But that was before I pulled all these G's, you know? Right. I don't know what's happened. Like <laughs> <laughs> Too much puking and rowling. It probably yeah, yeah, been, yeah. It's been bet, bet on the... All right, so I want to start here. This is why these things take forever, because I just it, hey. we just start going. Make this the day your life changes. The all-new UFIT Gyms has been created to give you exactly what you need to accelerate your fitness results, including state-of-the-art equipment and a new cross-functional turf training area. Enjoy personal training as low as $35 and new small group training classes, including HIT Plus. Take it to the next level with personalized nutrition from Eat Love, along with anywhere, anytime access to UFIT On Demand with over 1,000 workouts. Reach your goals faster at the new UFIT Gyms. My kids and my wife went during the football season. I was busy broadcasting, so I couldn't go. Watch it this weekend. I just want to start here. How much of a badass is Tom Cruise? He just seems like a total badass. Oh, man, he's a badass and a half. It's a... It's a non-try-hard badass. Like, the the parts that I guess people would be like, oh, where he puts his effort is just in, like, he loves making movies. He's, like, he just found what he is here on this planet to do, which is to entertain. But the badass stuff on the side is just effortless. There was, um, first day we met him, we were doing this photo shoot. Actually, second day we met him, but first day we met him on the base, which was a different vibe. We were all in our gear, and it's the six of us, and Tom hasn't arrived yet. And we just see this, like, single, like, this small little plane, this, uh, I forgot what it's called, uh, this plane that he has, just, like, just crosses the horizon, and we're like, who is that? This is a Navy base. Like, that's not, that's not a jet. And we see him land it, and then it's Tom Cruise landing his <laughs> personal, like, little replica plane, that not replica plane, this, this plane that he's been refurbishing. And then the first time we actually had met him, he had jumped off his motorcycle, took off his helmet and his leather jacket, like in one movement. One swift was movement. Like, yeah, it was like helmet, leather jacket, high. And it just was one of the most efficient movements I've ever seen. He's really cool, man. I realized that throughout the Top Gun press tour, 
this thing that Mario says, which is how you do anything. Anything is how you do everything. Right. And I had heard it because obviously I was like in the message boards, watching all the YouTube channels, like all the all the press conferences. And then I there's like an interview that I did that I was like, yeah, well, Tom says like how you do anything is how you do everything. <laughs> and then midway through, I was like, no, 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 wait, he does Wrong not guy. say that wrong. That's Mario right. Cristobal. Well, Mario he's a Cristobal badass too. That. He's absolutely yeah. Right? So um, double badass. And they but they just love what they do. Everything they it's a vocation, as he says. It's like it's when you realize that this craft is something that you could always build on and there's new things to discover, I think that's a similar energy that they both have. Turns out, actually, that same saying, I found out a month ago, Jerry Bruckheimer has always said. And so, independently to like this, this moment in the interview, when I said that, that Tom Cruise said that, we were at the Golden Globes table, and it was just crazy to see who's around you. And um, somebody was asking him, like, oh, uh, how do you figure out your right angle on the movie? Or like, how, like, what, like the work ethic of it all. And then he just said that, and I was like, wait a second. Wait, Jerry, are you a Keynes fan? <laughs> it's like, no, no, I've been saying that my whole life. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, uh, you mentioned about everything with Tom Cruise is effortless. Um, you know, there's a couple scenes in the movie where he rides Jennifer Connelly back to the apartment, and she's like, don't give me the look. Yeah, don't yeah. give me the look. And she has a discipline to, like, not look back or let him in. And I'm like, I said, I was with my wife and the kids. I'm like, dude, you can hang out with us. I'll give you, like, you gave me the look. Like, yeah. I'm falling for it. Like, come hang out with us if you want. Like, butt door's open. Dude. He, he's like, I'm like, dude, he's a magic man. It's the only look he's got. Right. Yeah. It's, um, it's effortless because, but it's also, like, the thing that unlocked in all our brains, everyone that was there, was it's effortless now because of all the effort he's put in. He's uh, the ultimate craftsman. And so whenever he does pull off a stunt, and I've been able to see some of the stuff he's doing for the new movies he's got coming out, which I won't say, it is nuts. It's just like Evil Knievel could only dream of some of the stuff he's doing. And it, it's all just because of preparation. There's this stunt for Mission 7 that's been released. It's essentially, I don't know if you've seen, there's like this ramp off a cliff. And he basically just rides his motorcycle off and then like uh, base jumps. The preparation that went into that and... Months in advance, the biggest stunt of yeah, it, it, it just it blows my mind with like how just got to inspire detailed. you, right? Like the, if you yeah. put in that kind of detail and preparation as an actor, whatever your craft is, right? Yeah. For football, it's Mario Cristobal, the preparation that goes in. I did, you know, I did my best, you know, yeah. three pages worth. But like that's got to inspire you as an actor. Well, it just it, it, it gives you the key. It's like it's being a part of this movie felt like being a part of a championship team. You see what happens, what has to happen for something to be this successful. It's not just blood, sweat, and tears. There's like this other intangible, like, abstract thing of, like, it's also the synergy in the room. It's everyone knowing their role and then knowing the main intention of, what, like, what we're trying to do and then all working towards that. Because, like, if you're just working hard without, like, a true north, you're just working hard and, like, kind of just sweating, right? Right. But then you're able to come together and gel together and collaborate when everyone knows what the mission is. Since then, every movie that I've done, like... I've realized I've been spoiled. I'm like, God, I got to work in Top Gun with all these greats. Like, even when John Hamm came into the picture, Val Kilmer, our cinematographers, Claudio Miranda, who had done Life of Pi, I was just like, everyone is at their A game, has so much stuff to, to bring forward and put into the mix, and only then can something like Top Gun be created. And so, obviously wanting to do other phenomenal films for the rest of my life. I'm like, oh, that's just, that's the recipe. You they feel guilty if you fall short. Like, wait a second, I was given the, oh, without I was given the script for like yeah. my career. And it's also frustrating when then you go into a place and you're like, oh, this person does not care. Right. Like, there's, there's been stuff that I've, sets that I've stepped onto that I'm like, oh, this is a completely different 
thing. And you could already tell, like, if it works, it's because of this other thing that we can't ever hope works. It's a Hail Mary, right? You don't practice to win games on Hail Marys. You, like, you go through your system. Um, but there's, like, times that I've been like, oh, damn, if they only saw what I've seen, like, they'd know there is so much that we're, like so much meat we're leaving on the bone for this like moment or for the script itself or the way that we're throwing down in the room and so i think i've been spoiled and it's like blessing and the curse yeah when you think of great football and baseball you think about the you when you get hurt in a car truck or motorcycle wreck you need to think lobovic law group at lobovic law group you come first we work to get you all the money you are entitled to injured you need to call or click lobovic lobovic law group the exclusive sponsor of the miami hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you go you so we we got the I mean well, you're here for a lot of reasons we got to get into the whole hurricane thing Absolutely. but one more thing on the movie and we'll do we'll we'll get back to the movie in a second mm-hmm. but I was thinking I didn't know what I was gonna get but you got you're great at intertwining the sport and the movie thing so I think this oh. is gonna work out perfect oh, here oh this is just me getting warmed up oh yeah. sweet yeah. all right so <laughs> and I it doesn't matter spoiler alerts don't matter anymore for the movie it's been out long enough yeah, right yeah. so we're good yeah, yeah. so the mission right the ultimate mission right mm-hmm. and the way he described it Tom Cruise and Maverick in the movie is two impossibles right. Plane's got to go up, come down. First one's got to basically detonate yeah. open where they're holding the uranium. And then yeah. the second one's got to come behind, destroy it. Hitting a bullet with a bullet. Then you got to get yeah. out. But he described it as two impossibles. And I was just like, what in sports would be the analogy for two impossibles? Two impossibles. Ooh, that's good. Because um, at first I was like, well, backed up, you know, one yard line, you know, ten, but like that's like one. The, the closest thing I got maybe to. Maybe a, a hook and lateral? So the closest thing I had for us was um, Christy might appreciate this yeah. 2015 at Duke the oh. eight lateral right yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. probably more than two impossibles to score that's for the whole, win that's a whole lot of impossibles yeah um, but I mean there are not a lot of analogies to what you guys were doing in the movie sports-wise I, I, think, I think the connection might be like if there's a small window that the quarterback has to fit the ball in but it's also really unlikely for the receiver to come down with it. And so it's it's just like I, I, to me it felt more about the window size of it, right? Um, this this part though. Yeah, then then because the, to me that the the laterals are like like that that's luck that's grit that's, that's like helm, pushing that's through Mary. that's a hell mary of it all. Whereas like going through a small w- mirror like window just feels like it, it I also, like I like yeah. you know you're better at this than I am. I like that because then also if you go over the middle in that tight window and your receiver doesn't get his head taken off. That's the precision. Yeah, or he doesn't get both of his feet in bounds. Right. Like I'm thinking of um what's the Steelers Cardinals oh, Super Bowl in the back San Antonio yeah. Holmes San Antonio I think, in the back Holmes of the end zone. Yeah, I mean that feels like one or maybe the helmet catch. Oh, Giants. Yeah, New York Giants against the Patriots. David Tyree? David I think it's Tyree. David Tyree. There you yeah. Go. yeah, yeah. So we're doing all right. Those those feel like I mean, but it's it's tough. I'm it's. But you're you're gonna come yeah. around. So we got time. So you're gonna mm-hmm. come back around. You're gonna give me something at the end. Maybe if there was a mix of a play, where what was like last last game of last year for the Dolphins, the helmet kind of got turned to the side, and I forgot who's playing quarterback last year for the Dolphins. I'm not a Dolphins not, fan. Sorry. Not Tua. No, not Tua. Teddy Bridgewater. No, uh, or maybe it was two years ago. Uh, we got from the, from the from older the guy. He's got uh. Fitzpatrick? Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, You're better at this than I am. There's this unbelievable throw that his helmet, I think it was a face mask, and he threw this beautiful dot, what, but he couldn't see. And so it'd be a combination of that, of being able to not see, and then corner back the end zone to Santa. I like the not see part, because if yeah. you go back to your net with the flying of the planes, right, the, when you're escaping and getting out, and in the, in the, the however many Gs you're hitting, yeah. and your face feels like it's 
I think that's the good. Also not being able to see because my lasers in the end don't work. I'm right. And so Miles, whenever he drops, he drops blind. Yeah. He drops out of feel. So that's where it's like, I think maybe I was like, come, a, I was like come on. It yeah. can't happen to our guy. His Dude, lasers no. don't work. Like, come on. I legit was like, bro, I couldn't have checked him a little bit earlier. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Why does it got to be me? All right. So you are from Miami, correct? Not uh, born, uh, but raised? Raised in Miami, yeah, since I was six. Okay. Six to 18. What part of Miami? Uh, La Sauceira, basically. No, uh, 87th and like 8th for a long time. And then um, the Fawn Blue area. Got it. Uh, my my production company is called Fawn Blue Films. Is it? So, yeah, and a lot of people are like, "Yo, I've been to the li- I've been to live." I'm right, like, no, wrong, no, no. wrong, I'm like, wrong, wrong, yeah, wrong yeah. Fountain Blue. Wrong Fountain Blue. Um, Your sub- subsidiary company should be called like Westchester Films. Oh, because of Coral Park? Yeah, yeah. maybe. Oh, or, or, yeah, Westchester. But then people would be like, "Oh, New York Westchester." Yeah. Oh, nah, um, come on. Nah. Not uh, our it's, Westchester. It's Fountain Blue, and then um, I'd probably honestly where the passion is at. It'd have to be something like. I'd have to ask, like, for Santana Moss's permission, but I might just be like, yeah, Moss Productions. Oh, so Norris is an actor now. He is. Yeah. yeah. I just found this out a couple weeks ago. So that yeah. San- Santana Moss, that is your Twitter header, correct? Is my Twitter header. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's done his homework. No, I did my homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did my So any him in particular for any particular reason? So in second grade, I was here in Miami. I went to my, I was in the Boy Scouts for like four months, maybe tops. Like once I, I won the little roller derby with the wood, you know, like you have to, cre- I forget what is that called? You create a little car and I won that and I was like, off, the, like a, the little ramp. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, this is easy. And I, I, I learned the wrong things there. But we went on the field trip to a Canes game. It was Canes versus the Eagles, Boston College. And it was 52 to six, I think, that game. And Santana Moss absolutely popped off. It was the closest I'd ever seen to anyone, like, being a legitimate superhero. He just, like, had a a field day. He had, I think, two touchdowns. Like, he had some insane catches. And we were facing in the Orange. It was at the Orange Bowl. And um, we were on the side of the... The close end or the yeah, open end? Yeah, the, the close end. Yeah, you're West end, you were in the West End zone. Yeah, and I, I don't know how we got those tickets. And there was also, like, it was just, it was just a magical day. And I was like, oh, that dude's special. And then he became my favorite player. And then um, the next year, that same school, it was like Ryder Elementary Charter School. I just went back. Just had a talk back. It was nuts. Um, but went back, third grade. And the teacher I had, Corey Ann Pecoraro, was the year before the Miami Hurricanes cheer captain. Or one of the cheer captains. And so every Friday, she'd bring a player to class. Or like every Friday she could. And I just remember just being blown away. And that, that was like, to me, obviously the 01 Canes were yeah. the greatest team yeah. in all sports. Unquestioned. Ever. Unquestioned. Um, and to me as a little kid, like every Friday or so, I'd be rubbing shoulders with like greatness. And that gave me permission that like, oh, this is, it's a human being that is great because of all these other reasons. Like you have a pathway to being great. And so to me, it just gave me permission that I could pursue whatever I wanted in the way I wanted. At that point, I thought I was going to be an athlete. And, but it was just, like, working on this craft and, like, what sets them apart. And uh, I remember, like, shaking Jeremy Shockey's hand, and he signed this thing for me. And I was like, I'm never washing this hand. <laughs> I'm never washing this hand. Uh, but Santana Moss to me was just, like, he's who I wanted to be. I was like, I'm on the shorter side of things, but also want to be the fastest and the quickest. I didn't become the fastest, but I feel like I'm one of the quickest. <laughs> That's pretty cool. You know, it's funny. I, I was thinking about this. That might be a pretty cool, you know, we talk, NIL's big now, right? Collectives, this, that, whatever. I think you've hit it on the, I don't think we need to go there. I think we just need to hit up the, the captain of the cheerleading team. We, we build from the ground up. We just start going into, going into the schools. Oh, absolutely. Taking our kids, and we'll have fans for life. And players I, for life. I, that, that, to me, solidified me for a, a fan for life. 
like pom- the, we, or you start the you could start the pom pom collective. What do you the think? Pom pom collective. Yeah, we just uh, we get people we get people no, rocking maybe, into the school. The superhero collective. Oh, or something the, like that. Yeah, yeah, but we can't. We haven't been, you haven't been able to talk about that yet. So. Oh well, I mean, I'm. A, I, what I could talk about is, um, I guess the significance to me being Latino, obviously, and my mom's Mexican, my dad's Colombian, being raised in Miami, a lot of Latino community. Um, we just haven't had as much representation. And so with this role, there's, um, like when I, I said this in an interview, Victoria Alonzo, who's one of the, uh, it's Kevin Feige, obviously, he's the main guy at Marvel. Uh, Victoria Alonzo's a, she's really, she's an unbelievable powerhouse of a person in Hollywood. She's, um, she's like the number two, number three, essentially, in, in regards to like creative, and, and she's the, the president of, of many facets of Marvel. She's Argentinian. And uh, when I got the role, she called me, and she's like, "Every everywhere I've been, uh, they always ask me, like, when are we going to get uh, representation in this facet? And she's like, we're working on it. When are we going to get representation in this facet? We're working on it. And she's like, and I'm calling you here today, and I'm really proud that, like, it's happening. It's all happening. And this was before the pandemic. So since then, they've done such a tremendous job with diversity. Um, and, yeah, and so I'm excited for what that this role will mean for millions of kids so I, i've actually read that that's important to you and, and rightfully it should so does mm-hmm. having mario we've you know we know what he is for the football program yeah. college football but the fact that he's cuban latin does that yeah. mean something more to you meet with you know what i'm saying like there, yeah. there's a there gotta be some connection there for you that's a, more significant than just he's the football coach of the school i love i think to me the significance is like it goes back to the permission thing i think there's these barriers that we see as kids, because you're like, oh, that can't be for me. Like, it's only th- these type of people do this. You're like, only, like, if you're privileged, you're able to do that. And so when you see someone that is like you accomplish it, it just gives you permission. It's like at Coral Park, the high school I went to, there's a guy named Danny Pino. He's like the Law & Order SVU. He's one of the first actors to come out of there. And literally what I also needed, I needed so much permission. I needed, obviously, the, the greats in Miami to give me permission by, like, Santana Moss and seeing what they're doing. But then, literally, this guy, Danny Pino, I had to see him in Law & Order SVU also go to NYU in order for me to be like, oh, damn, there is room for me in this industry. If he could do it, if I've seen everyone do it in a different industry, why should I, like, imagine that I can't break through? And so there's just, like, a lot of permission givers in the world that I think are, like, the ones that change culture. And I think it's just that. It's just like lighting up a kid's imagination, being like, hey, you could, you could do this. So I wanna, we'll get to that in a sec. Let's get into the fandom, right? Let's do it. Fan, oh, now, was, now, was fanboy like that? That had nothing, like, it's almost appropriate for why we're here yeah, today, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That you're oh, fanboy, dude. but like, percent. Like, does that name have any meaning in the world of the movie? Because appropriate for your love for the hurricanes. I'm yeah, like, this yeah, is yeah. great. Well, through prepping for the role, I was like, what is it to be a fan? I had to go back in there, and obviously he's a fan of the Navy. He's a fan of all the historical context of, like, all the great pilots. There's some Star Trek. The font is Star Trek, and so he's a Trekkie. We played around as to, like, in the Navy, call signs are given actually out of, like, not a positive thing, like, out of kind of like a dig. Right. And so I was like, oh, being a Trekkie's not that much of a dig. Being a fan of the Navy's not that much of a dig. So I'm like, what could be really interesting is if, like, in his locker room, they found, like, an like a boy band <laughs> CD that he was going to give to somebody. Like, he was going to give a, a boy band CD to so that's his, part like, of, like, cousin. the story of how yeah. if you were going to create the image and likeness of what fanboy and means. And he got he's roasted, a, basically. He's a boy he, band guy. Or, no, the reason why, like, it probably irks him more is because he was going to gift that to somebody, Uh-oh. right? He's going to give that to his cousin or something. But because the boys found it. All right, that's like, it. And never, yeah. That got you. They're just like, oh. But, so, in the research of it, it just, I think, being a fan is such a, 
there's so many facets because obviously there's like we go to the spectrum of like being a hooligan, which is a hardcore fan, right? To then like just the casual fair weather fan, and like the space in between that is just there's every type of fan in that. Where and are I you s- for the hurricanes? I assume you're not a hooligan. You don't seem to be casual. So where where yeah. do we put ourselves? I mean, I could throw I could throw down for the canes. I could I could veer in the side of hooligan. No. I I think I'm just a diehard cane. Diehard. Diehard, yeah. I think when it comes down to my hobbies, it's probably one of the first three things that pop up. I think there's um, genuinely based on what the hurricane mentality has done for me and the association with that, um, I've been, I feel like it's given me a lot. And so that's why I want to, when I come back, I'm like, I want to do, help as much as I can in capacity with the canes. Yeah, I'd say I'm a diehard fan. So are we hardcore, like, checking recruiting? Are we on the websites? Are we on I'm Twitter? On, are I'm we on 247. Um, oh. Subscri- their subscriptions just went up, right? Yeah, uh, dude. I, it's They also had, like, a Paramount thing there. So I think they're, I, yeah, yeah, I they're with that. Paramount Plus. So I'm like, all right. Well, that's um, the family. Got to keep it in the family. Got to keep it in the family. Yeah, I'm, I'm there. Gabby Urrutia. Yeah. Is, uh, oh, my God. His head, his head just exploded. By Urrutia. the way, can we, can we get you to, can we get, now this is, for this, can we get you to, like, subscribe to the Behind You podcast? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And with we'll, a little shout out because, like, oh, you know, we need our subscriptions. You know, we need yeah, a little yeah. lift here, too, oh, right? Oh, dude, let's do it, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think across the board, I keep up with that. I also, because I'm I'm directing my first movie this next coming year and I'm producing three features that are happening, which is kind of like, I think, You're the production busy. side. A little bit. I just, uh, I'm trying to take a, a, a chunk of the, the Dwayne The Rock Johnson playbook of just, like, being able to genuinely, like, I think when I see his career, and, like, he's a completely different type of actor, I think, in some ways, and, and like, entertainer. Um, body types are exact. Body types are exact. exact. I know, but he, he's just, like, he's able to do some different things than I am. And so, but seeing that, like, he leads wherever his passion takes him. And when you stick to that, you can't do any wrong. So, like, him even going and doing the show, it's like he's going back to his roots. He's going back to what he cares about when he's doing the XFL stuff, when he's doing... All the movies he decides to do, like they're all because he's it, they're tied into the passion of what he wants to do, and so like I'm trying to find my own version of that, which I think to me is a little like it's a, it's slightly different, but it's it's I'm taking the chunk of his playbook of like being like yo, let wherever your passion takes you. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. So you hit UM at a good time growing up, yeah, kind of like working with Tom Cruise, man. right? Like you hit it right at you hit it spoiled, man, spoiled. Because that, that's like, if Santana Moss, that's got to be like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, it was ninety nine to two thousand. Year we got played like because we had we had one loss to Washington. I think we should have won. We should have won. We should have played for three. I have nightmares about that phantom call. It's 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 the only thing that like pretty emotionally stable. Yeah. Um, that one literally angers me. I talked to my therapist about childhood trauma. (laughs) That's up there. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. So... In Hollywood circles, is like mm-hmm. is college football meaningful? Can you talk some smack with the Canes? Like, is there anyone you get any, any wagers with? Like a on, little bit. On sport, yeah. Like who? Like so, Coyote, big LSU fan. He's a New Orleans kid. So LSU. he's 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 kind of up on us now. Kinda, he's got, uh, yeah, not really. I mean, uh, 
Well, they beat us a few years ago, and they won the championship most recently. Whatever, so. whatever. Oh, man. I find yeah, whatever you say. About, it's, it's about what like has happened recently. Like, what is recent? You know, uh, to me, fifty years is recent. Okay, <laughs> I, like, no, I, I like I like the way I, you we, argue. Just, we just talk a lot of smack. Also, Glenn Powell, he's a big Texas Longhorn fan. Played Hangman. Yeah, we're good there. Yeah. Uh, big recruiting classes on both fronts. Yes. LSU hit the transfer portal hard too. Yeah. Now I'm excited. I'm excited for let's see Jay Ellis who plays payback. I'm not sure he's big on college football. If he is, is it Oklahoma? Yeah, he but like was, the Canes got to resonate. Being a Miami guy is unique because everyone knows about Miami. Not right. everyone knows about LSU or Texas. Correct. Even if they're big names, it's just like everyone's like, oh yeah, I remember the glory days. Like or like or or like they're on the up and up. Or um, there's a couple people that work for Jerry Bruckheimer that are like, oh Mark Cristobal. I'm big on him. So, like, Jerry obviously works a lot in Miami because he did Bad Boys here. They're filming the next Bad Boys in Atlanta. But, yeah, it's just Miami resonates with everyone. Also, it's got the best documentaries yes, out there. Are. So, for, like, the, the casual fan that's able to consume, it's just the easiest way in. Yeah. yeah. So, you were at the A&M game this year. Yeah, it was uh, – flew out. It was my birthday, the day, the day the game was played. And I was like, oh, what better place to have it than – um, so did you hit a couple bars in College Station for the birthday? No, no, no. We, we flew into Austin. We flew into Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. Are Smart you, move. Yeah, we Smart flew into move. Austin, and I was like, I'd rather just do the two hours Uber there, two hours back. We'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Um, but there's this um, Mexican food spot in Austin called Suerte, which just blew my mind. I, so I, the look both ways, we filmed in Austin. So I was out there for a month and a half. Austin's a good spot. Great spot. And, uh, and so I was like, I have to go back and, and check out you know, the, the restaurant spots that I, I fell in love with. And so we flew out there. We stayed for like three days, one with my closest friends, everyone geared up. There's, I made my two best friends and producing partners who I met at NYU, I made them watch Inside the U Part 1 and Part 2. Because I'm like, you have to have yeah, some have, vested right. interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And by the end of it, one of them, uh, Tom Culliver, he's my, my good mate, he's Australian. And so he found out Lou Headley was Australian. He's like, oh, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. For, I'm going to get a 94 jersey. It's like he's my boy. Yeah. yeah. And he's a good dude. Headley's the best. Yeah. Headley's the best. He's a, I haven't, so, I haven't your, met so, him, but. No, nah, well, I'm sure they can yeah, work yeah. that out for you. You got carte sure, blanche. Man. I don't Are know if he's around. He might be trading. Yeah. I don't know if he's around. So do we, I know at the game didn't go, we won it, mm-hmm. but that was like an otherworldly atmosphere. It just, it felt different. There was a different, yeah, it was, it was. Conversation a little different. It's a little different, but. It, everyone's marching to their own, like everyone's in unison. But it was cool. Like I was, I had like, I was in the front row right behind the benches. And so being able to see... Surprised you didn't say, hi, I'm on the sideline. I'm, the, I'm right there on the field on the sideline. Next, was, next time there, you got to give me a shout out. I was chanting. There was some Canes fan that got really upset at me because I was like banging on the boards. And he's like, dude, if you don't stop, I'm going to have to put you out. And I was like, what? What? And I just kept going. And then by the end, uh, we ended up connecting. And he's a good dude. Yeah, but it was just one of those things because frustration happens when in, in, the, in the game. Oh, the way like the that. game was yeah. going, right? Yeah, and so, but it was just it was cool to see p- players' demeanor and like players sticking through it through the final whistle. Um, it was amazing to see also like the freshmen looking up to the seniors and just seeing how the whole sideline dynamics played out. It was just it felt different than before. You just mentioned you got a lot going on. You're producing, you're directing, you're acting, but we got to try and get you to a game this oh, year. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? I would cut that little part out of my schedule out. Yeah. All right, so we'll co- we'll yeah. coordinate that. By the way, last thing on the movie, and then a couple more things. A rooster. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as he walked in. Into the bar, you're like, dude, they could not have casted that yeah. any... He's like a dead-on ringer for that's his dad. boy, yeah. Right? Now, the interesting thing about him getting ready for this, that's Miles Teller, mm-hmm. right? You guys actually crossed paths prior to the movie. Yeah, so we... So after I finished playing college soccer, I played two years, transferred to NYU, and went to Tisch, which is the, one of the best schools of yeah. acting. 
which goes again, again to the Mario Cristobal, Tom Cruise of it all. It's like, you got to go where you get the best training. Um, and when I got there, one of the teachers, I, no, I asked him, I'm like, oh, who's working that's a graduate or an alumni right now? And what did they do? And they're like, oh, well, they went this route. And then they did four semesters of Stone Street. And that's Miles Teller. And no one's ever done four semesters at Stone Street. And so I was like, are they dumb? Like, what? And so I'm like, <laughs> he said the template. And then so I went, I did four semesters at Stone Street. And at the end, I was only the second person to do that. And at the end, he had cat, like randomly come back to do a master class. And so for the master class, he, out of like the 100 students, I volunteered to go up. And so three of us acted for him. And he was going to give us notes and be like, oh, you could do this or you could do that. And it was actually for that movie did with Joe Kaczynski, Only the Brave. And so the, the, the scene was an Only the Brave scene. And they were about to go film it in a month. And so I go up, I do the scene, and I turn to, give, to see what notes. And he's like, oh, no notes. We could be working together right now. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, that's the greatest, like, way out of NYU ever. And so, like, that was like a stamp of confidence. I graduate a week later, and then basically I see him again three months later because he's winning this award. And he's like, yeah, how's it going? And I was like, oh, well, I got these three roles. And then those three roles got recast because of new directors or whatever. And he's like, oh, that's the best lesson for you to learn. Here's my contact info. If you're ever in L.A., hit me up. And so I bought a ticket to L.A. I had nothing to do in Los Angeles, but I bought one just so I could use that contact. You flew to L.A. just you could say I'm in town and I want to hang just, out. Just to say I'm in town, just That's to epic. figure out. And so I, I got to L.A. for a week, and I'm like, yo, dude, I'm in town. And he's like, what? And he's like, what for? And I'm like, oh, just trying to figure, figure some things out. And he's like, cool, I got, you, I got somebody that you should meet. And uh, he set up a meeting for me and this manager, and I ended up signing with that manager. Um, and then did my first movies, and then two years later, Top Gun came across. And I ended up getting it. And when he found out that I got it, he's like, dude, I told you that we should be working together, but not so soon. Like, <laughs> and he was already in. He was already in. He was already in. He's like, yeah, I saw your name. I was like, what the? Like, <laughs> yeah. So you played sports in high school, obviously. If you, played yeah. college, you played soccer? Played soccer, football, track, and volleyball. That's my identity was an athlete. That was it. So this field, this is my dream this right is, now. This, this is, is it. Are you kidding this me? I'm, I'm, I'm in the Canes football team right now. I got my boosts on. So did you want to play sports in college? Yeah, being a being a cane was my dream since I was a little, little kid. Yeah, I was like, if I could be a slot receiver for the Miami Hurricanes, Santana Moss. I wanted Santana Moss's life, you know? You, the whole life? The whole life. I mean, just like him then going to the Redskins and balling out there, like, and being a part of, like, South Florida, obviously the athletes we have here are, like, the fastest in the entire country. Like, I think per capita, per capita it's like this insane stat. Like, I, I went and ran the Sam Burley Invitational. You ran it? Or I, I, no, not ran it. I, I ran in it. Oh, you ran um, it ran in high in school? It. In high school. Got it. You just didn't really just show up. <laughs> no, no. I, I was, hey, I I was running the, the whole early. thing. <laughs> I was running the whole thing. I'm a producer, you know? No. Right. Um, no, I, I, it was like I had done cross country quite a bit, the junior Olympics in middle school, and so I was pretty good at long distance. And then I started doing the long jump, and I did the long jump at the San Burley. I think it was San Burley. I think it might have been Louis Bing. And went up, I think I jumped like a 19 or something like that, like put all my effort, barely, barely was able to get there. And up comes Philip Dorsett. Philip Dorsett jumps at like a 25 or a 26, some ridiculous number, or like maybe 24, 25. And then jumps it and walks away, literally knowing that no one's going to touch what he just did. And then so he's like... Everyone go, like that was the first round. Everyone goes for the second and the third round. He's nowhere to be found because he knows that. No like, one's he, right. The first thing he set, and he has to obviously go prep for the hundred and two hundred. 
And so it was just one of the most badass things I'd ever seen. I'm like, he jumped. He won the competition. <laughs> we then had to play it out for another 30 minutes, but we kind of knew. And so, um, but it was one of the coolest things ever. Yeah. So we got to get to the transition. Soccer player. Oh, yeah, yeah. Acting. So went to this school in, uh, in Atlanta called Oglethorpe. It was a D3. The soccer system in the U.S. is like we'd play preseason games against D1. We had 12 D1 transfers come in because our head coach, John Aiken, was also the Silverbacks coach. And so that's a professional team. And so his idea was like, you play here, and then we were able to like uh, maneuver. Just like if you've got the goods, like you'll have a chance to like. And so it was a year that we were just loaded. And that was my freshman year. Training for the season, I sprained my ankle. And so like in the beginning, I was just kind of like watching everything. And um, I had cr my crutches on and this PA from a film set walks into our practice again on my birthday. September 17, a PA walks into onto practice and like is essentially like, hey, we need three or four extras for the scene we're filming. And I was like, it's my birthday. I'd rather like instead of sitting here with like my sprained ankle, I'd rather make 120 bucks. And it's a soccer scene, so it could be it's relevant. And so I went to the other side of the campus, and there was this movie called The Reluctant Fundamentalist, which is Riz Ahmed, Kiefer Sutherland. Like, and how, and like, it, it was just a very impactful movie. But at that point, all I saw was a scene of, it was him supposed to be, like, his character playing in Princeton, and they just had to fill in seats. And so I was on the bench, obviously, with my crutches, and I'm like, oh, this is kind you're of, the in, yeah. you're the injured guy on the team. I'm the injured guy on the team, and like, I'm going, I can do this. I'm going I'm method. Real life. I'm going method. I'm getting up on one foot and cheering. <laughs> in the movie, I think it only ends up being like 10 seconds of a montage of him playing soccer. Um, but I saw what, was supposed to be two hours. It took like eight, and so and I was like, the the stuff that he's supposed to be doing with the soccer ball, I could do like this. Like I could have done this in thirty minutes. The we act, were, the act, the of acting, playing soccer, the playing soccer. I'm like, I could have done this in thirty minutes. Like this is, it's a wrap. But because it was also Riz Ahmed, another person of color, someone that I didn't necessarily grow up seeing as the lead of a film, and Kiefer Sutherland's is supporting. I'm like, are you like another thing that's like drawing me towards this? And I was like, there's a beautiful, like, choreography and, like, craft to this that um, seeing, like, the camera on the tracks just, like, running to the side, like, the way the whole day was set up. And so I bought my first acting books the next day. And then for that whole year, I read, like, 10 acting books. And then by the time I transferred to NYU Poly to play soccer and then do mechanical engineering, I figured just putting myself in New York would give me the opportunity to act. And so I was playing soccer, trying to figure out the acting thing in New York, but you can't do engineering, soccer, yeah, and like acting. Little, I feel like engineering is a little str a strain on your time. Strain on my time. So at that point, I realized, I'm like, all right, screw it. I'm putting all my eggs in the basket. I'm going to NYU Tisch. And the first monologues I ever memorized or the first acting I ever actually did was for my NYU Tisch audition. And my resume that I turned in, because everyone has to do a headshot resume, my resume, because I never acted, was all the books I'd read. And so they were like, this is... Usually it's someone's like, oh, I did Wicked in third grade. Right. Or I did, like, uh, The Nutcracker. And, like, and, but for me, it was just like, oh, I read The Great Acting Teachers. I read Stanford Me Sanford Meisner. I read uh, sounds like all these, like, books on method, um, on different techniques. And then the, I was sitting in the waiting room. And then NYU is really expensive. I did all student loans. Um, I was sitting in the waiting room, and everyone was talking about all the roles they had done. And so someone was like, oh, yeah, I did this in third grade. I did this in fourth. Oh, yeah, you play that role? Me too. And I'm sitting there like, yo, I'm just this athlete that, like, thinks that they could do this. And I started crying because I'm like, I can't believe the financial situation I put my family in. 
like I'm an idiot. Like obviously these people, they've been doing it their whole lives. And here I, I'm, I think I'm going to get one of these prestigious slots. But the thing that I didn't realize that in acting, if you're crying in the waiting room, people think you're prepping. And so I was tearing and I was like, there's like some tears coming out. And then my name gets called and I'm like, fuck. And I, I, I walk out over and I do a scene about my dad being inside a baked potato. What? My dad being inside a baked potato is like the monologue about like this dude that has a dream about it, but I'm crying. And then the person's like, what a great choice. This is, this is phenomenal. <laughs> and I do my second scene, which is about wondering what it's like to be in somebody else's shoes. And that like resonated just because like NY, like NYU had so much money around, like kids there, like really privileged, like they had amazing parents with all sorts of access to things that I was like, I wonder what it's like. And so... I did those two scenes, and the person was like, what studio do you want to go to? And I was like, oh. Usually what NYU does is that they pick a studio for you. And so he asked me, I was like, oh, Adler? And he's like, all right, great, Adler. I found out a week later that I got in. My transferring GPA was really low. And so they basically were like, you got in because of what you did in that room. And that gave me the, another stamp of confidence of like, this is like, a, this, is like this. An untold, this is like an unheard of, like, because you're on a pretty meteoric rise right now right you, your career started what in like 16 it in six i graduated in 16 and i did my first like four lines in 16 yeah so like less than 10 years we're, we're moving bit. on a pretty nice trajectory yeah i've just i feel like i've been more than anything blessed with the philosophies of people that i'm working with i think that's the biggest like the luckiest thing i've experienced like the first movie i did assassination nation it went it, br- it broke a record at sundance for like the highest sale so Little Miss Sunshine was number one, and then this one, like, in 2017 broke the record, or tied the record, at least. And Sam Levinson, who's the, who did Euphoria, he's done Euphoria and The Idol, and, like, he's um, a phenomenal creative. Like, being under his wisdom for the couple months, and then Marcel Rev, who's a cinematographer, like, I just keep getting lucky with the people that I'm working with. I'm sure it's a little more than just luck. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I'm I'm working my ass off of for course. sure. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's like it's the connection of like I had audition for TV and like crappy TV for many years. Like from 2016 on, like I always auditioned for it. Never any got, any good crappy TV turndowns? Oh, a ton. But I no, like I never got a callback for the TV. But for film and prestigious film, like I like I booked this movie or like got pinched for this movie called Lady Bird. Um, and then I got recast because they ended up hiring a local hire in California because they couldn't afford to fly me out. But that's like she, Greta Gerwig, Oscar nominated. Like it just, the people that vibed with me were like really prestigious filmmakers. And I was like, but I'm like, oh, but the, the, the thing that's going to allow me to pay my student loans is over here. Like it's not in the indie world. But then like the mesh and like the continuation of it has been like, oh, no, the prestigious is where I want to be at. And like that's the people that have the work ethic that like, the need to tell the story. They're not just trying to do a product or something. They're trying to change a little bit about the cultural zeitgeist or like this, this story that they have every origin in their body to tell. And so for whatever reason, like I started getting my callbacks every single time and it started being like, oh, film is kind of more receptive to my acting style or what I'm doing. You're like TV, take it. Yeah, well, I mean, but, but now, but since then, TV is well, now, right, it's it's right. now merging and it's just, it depends like if it's a one hour story that you're telling or a 10 hour story. Right. And so, yeah, it's just the format's changing, and so and so we do. Have, do we have to do like the rough it through waiting tables type thing, or no? I I got to skip that because by the time that I graduated, I also since I took out student loans, I always made sure to take out a little bit more because in my head I was I was a big ten thousand hours guy. So ten thousand hours. You read the book? 
read the book, read grit, read a bunch of different stuff that I was like, okay, like I can't trade my time for something that is not going to be my main thing. And so I was like, I'm going to take out extra loans in order for me to not have to take that job because I'm already playing catch up. If these kids have already started since they're in third grade, I know that like once I'm out of acting class, I have to go do some more acting. I have to go read about theory or watch movies. Like I can't just trade that for... Take to, it to I, yeah, I have to value that hour a little bit more because it's like, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm later in the game. And so I was able, by the time that I graduated, to get my first roles. And, um, and so I've been living, since I graduated, I've been living off of acting. That's, That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. That's all right. So last, what has you fired up for the Canes in 23? In 23? Um, another year of, of, of Mario's culture. I think that it's going to, I think what he, like seeing Cam, even, even seeing Cam interviews of like what he's saying that like of him vibing with, with Mario and what Mario's trying to build. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see Cam and James as, as our safeties again. For, they're going to be juniors. This is wild. Yeah. I still remember them as freshmen. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm excited for for Tyler uh, to pop back off. You know, I think it's, it's going to be a big year. Um, I'm excited to see the recruiting class that came in, like, do their stuff. Like, yeah, it's just uh, there's so much things to be excited about. I, obviously, we figure out who the OC and the DC are. But um, beyond that, I'm excited for the talent that that this team has. Danny, it's been awesome. Yeah. Appreciate you doing this. Absolutely, man. Remember, Whenever. you got to, you know. Give us a look. Give us an added, added subscriber here when we're all said. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, man. <laughs> Honestly, I could have like they, they they didn't lie to you. I could have gone forever, but we're on we're on a timeline. You yeah, were awesome. I, I, I just heard the whistle. I think the Duke game just started right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we we yeah. are taping this the night of Miami and Duke at the Watsco. Danny Ramirez. Yeah. So what's coming up? We got the movie that you're here for again is yeah. Captain America: The New World Order. Uh, Harrison Ford just signed on. So my mom told me she's like. Oh, you'll be my second favorite actor. <laughs> well, that's all right. In so the movie. we have we have released, <laughs> honestly, humble brag, a hundred episodes. This is our a hundred episodes of this podcast we've done. Wow. But my kids were most excited that I was doing this with you today. Shout out to your kids. Absolutely. <laughs> Danny, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Subscribe to Behind the You podcast. And then tell your friends and family, your tia and abuela and everybody to subscribe because like it's gonna keep them in the loop. Cocaine's. Okay.